Hello and a warm welcome back to the Wonky Adult Handbook. I feel like it's been such a long time, even though it's literally only been a few weeks, but you're joined here today with your host as always, Emily, amateur adult in progress. This is a hot spot for adults who are trying to figure out adulthood. So grab a snack, a pillow, a meal, a face mask and relax and listen to us babble along as we try to figure out this existential mess that we call life. It's really nice to check in with you all and yeah, just see how we're all doing. I feel like we are crawling out of lockdown now, hopefully, and that is definitely going to be something that is needed for most of us. A quick disclaimer, I have been dealing with some mental health issues recently, um, which is probably why I sound a little bit lower than usual. But I just want to be honest and, you know, not sugarcoat and pretend that everything's okay. Um, Because it's not, I've I've been struggling a little bit um, with my mental health and my anxiety and my OCD. Um, For obvious reasons, really, but also just there's a lot of internal conflict going on inside me at the moment. So... If I don't sound as chirpy, that's why. If anyone else is struggling with their mental health, you know, you can always, always reach out and message me on Instagram. I'm here to chat to you all and connect with you all. I I don't want you to feel like this has to be a passive experience. You're just sitting back and listening to me, yeah, listening to me babbling on. You know, I'd love to hear from all of you and, and hear how you're doing. I know that we're all different ages here in this community. Some of you are much older than me. Some of you are younger. Um, but, you know, we're all experiencing this together. And, yeah, always here to listen and talk to you. Um, just wanted to put that out there. So today I'm going to be reflecting back on um, my drama school experience, which has been a bit of a highly requested video because I didn't take the traditional, you know, educational route. Um, I'm going to just give a little bit of insight into what it's like uh, training at a modern drama school. Um, I trained at Fourth Monkey, which is a uh, very raw, uh, cutting edge, um, rebellious drama school, shall I say. Um, Yeah, really advocates for rebellious theatre that breaks rules and doesn't play by tradition. Um, It's very physical, very visceral, very animalistic uh, style training. So I'm going to be shedding a little bit about my experience with that. And if there are some young actors out here or, you know, artists, um, yeah, maybe this can share, you know, what this experience was like for you all and whether this Yeah, I just think it would be interesting to delve a little bit into what that was like, but more importantly, what it was like training and graduating in a pandemic, uh, because that was definitely an experience. So today I'm joined with uh, my former training partner uh, and ensemble member, uh, Nimba Quinn. Nimba Quinn is a phenomenal actor, a thespian and all-round incredible human being um yeah she's running her own theatre company she has played Richard III on stage she's she's done so many amazing things and I think you know you're really lucky to have her here today um to share her experience because you know it definitely wasn't um linear for either of us and we both kind of had a very rocky and exciting journey in two very different ways so yeah I hope you enjoy hearing about that and listening to how uh, we battled you know mental health um self-discovery and you know just the joy of finding out who you are as an actor and a um creator um 
So I hope you enjoy that and let's get on with the episode. Training style. And today we're going to be sharing our experience of training at drama school, kind of what it's taught us about ourselves both professionally and as humans. So hello Nim. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I am not so hot. Lockdown is messing me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel that. I feel that. It's worth acknowledging that it's not doing amazing things for everyone. No. It's, it's definitely not done me any favours. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel like that, to be honest. It's just, yeah. I feel like I'm stuck in the middle. Like, right? I, I gittered <laughs> at a cyclist day when I was crossing the road. <laughs> like that. And I was like, I'm not even a human being anymore. Like, it's just really weird. I know it's, it's, it's a really strange one. And I'm, 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 working through it That's and I think I'm really happy to be talking to you today oh I've been trying to get you on for yeah. ages but obviously life has just gotten in the way and I'm here now like that. yeah but we're here so <laughs> fate is on our side it's all good thank goodness we like kept missing each other I know and it's so like <laughs> sad having to speak through like zoom and that kind of thing I just I want to see your face in person no, no, I miss sitting on the changing room floor with you. I know. <laughs> oh, the changing room floors were really good times. Nim and I had many, like, a breakdown <laughs> on those changing room <laughs> floors where we just eat. What were those sweets you used to buy? Like, just the really long, like... Um, oh, God. They were they were amazing. You know, they're like, they're like kids' sweets. They're like... Um, like, were they like the little yeah. pencils? Yeah, pencils. Yeah, the strawberry pencils. Oh, I used to buy them all the time. <laughs> They used, they replaced my lunch like for at least six months of the time that I was at drama school. I just didn't like I just stopped eating lunch and I just was like, I'm gonna buy those sweets. I just want the sugar hit. I just want the sugar hit. Yeah, literally, like that and caffeine. I don't know how I slept at night. It was it was it was Yeah, this is probably not good advice, but it's reality <laughs> reality. No, we're all for unfiltered content here, don't worry. Oh we're not therapists. Fine. We can just be ourselves. I just carried around my massive coffee cup like the whole day or <laughs> that like a massive Lucas A bottle and oh, looking back I was like oh that's that's not good that's not good yeah but I feel like it was a key a key part of you know that time you know yeah and it, it gives me a memory exactly so who needs stability <laughs> when we have good memories it was it was a great memory actually <laughs> Um, so Nim was actually one of the first people I met at Monkey. Um, it was you and Yiza, I think. I met really? Yiza. Yeah, so I met Yiza. Um, so Yiza is another really good friend of mine who trained at Fourth Monkey. Hopefully we'll get her on here soon. But um, I met Yiza kind of online. Like, do you remember that little group chat I made where we all, like, I just put everyone in one place and I was like, just talk so I can like, probably not. Wait, is that the very, very beginning? The very beginning, like... Is it you that started that? Yeah, yeah purely out of anxiety. <laughs> God. Yeah, I think it was me. Was it me? Maybe it wasn't. I'm sure it was. If you're remembering it like that, then it must be, because I... I... I no. Or maybe, I... I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm taking credit for something else. Someone else <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just my memory. I have literally no memory of it. I'm just like, it's so blurry from back then that I'm like, I know. what, really? Oh, gosh. I know. But yeah, yeah, you were like one of the first people who I made friends with at Anki. 
you and Eliza, I remember you drawing, we walked into the monkey um, common room. So at, drama, at our drama school, we had like, um, like this huge blackboard where you write down thoughts and you draw things out, like you draw out your feelings, like it's really cool. It's like really unfiltered. Like you can just, kind of, as long as it's not harmful, you can pretty much say whatever you want. And it's like incredible. There'd be something different on there every day. And then like drew, I think someone else might have drawn the cat, but you like stood beside it and like did little cat pose. And I was like, <laughs> what a vibe. I'm, I'm so down for her. Like, <laughs> okay. I think I do remember that. Do you remember? You must <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was so cute. You looked exactly like the cat. I was like, oh my gosh, she's really cool. <laughs> she composed like a cat. Exactly. She's already doing her animal studies and we've not even got to that bit yet. Oh my gosh, animal studies. Please don't. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> Me eating raw spinach was not fun. <laughs> what animal were you? I was in, so I was a gorilla and then I was a rabbit, I think, like the next, because I got <laughs> sick. So I had to change my animal because I didn't get to do the second part of the animal studies. Remember we had the first day and the second day. I came, oh no, it was two animals. And I think I was like a rabbit or something, something that like small. And I was like really ill. This is when I had really bad health problems. I remember and I was like, kind of like half um, trying to eat this like raw spinach and just being like, this is tastes like paper. It's just horrible. I quite like the raw spinach. Yeah, but not in a black box <laughs> theatre when you're on your like, <laughs> Not in a black box theatre. <laughs> not in front of all your classmates when we're all pretending to be animals. That was a peak moment for me when I was like, yeah, I'm spending a lot of money doing this. Oh, yeah. There's but some it, moments where you have when you're like, I, there's a, I'm spending a lot of money to roll on the floor, but then you realize why you're doing it and you're like oh yeah it's actually worth it <laughs> exactly I feel like that's exactly what this whole episode is about as well like just it not being an easy sailing ride but remembering mm. why we did it and yeah like I'm so so glad that I did because there's nothing there's no other form of training that I could have done like there's no other school mm. I could have gone to like it's just wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been the right place for me um yeah but yeah, like I was gonna ask you actually. So if you were gonna explain Fourth Monkey to someone who's lit, because we get quite a lot of young listeners who are actors who have reached out. And firstly, hello everybody. Um, thank you for listening. Um, but yeah, um, if you were gonna like kind of sum up Fourth Monkey, because it's a very different type of drama school hmm. in a sentence, how would you sum it up? in a sentence yeah um I think it's it's like a like a I'm making a motion with my hands She's to making show a the array of different learning things that styles yeah. of theater and different yes. methods that you learn because you you learn all the things and then from all these things you take what's useful to you ah like a little um like a buffet like a buffet it's like, like a buffet of training yeah yeah you get so much and that they, they, you that you you experience so many different types of styles and methods and theatrical practice things that that, that you kind of get to choose what's right for you and what sticks yeah and then you like develop your own practice through that and that's so cool because I feel like a lot of drama schools tend to have their own 
very rigid way of what they do and this is the way that you train if you go to this place this is where you train that's you can tell that that's that kind of actor because they went to that school and fourth monkey you can definitely tell a fourth monkey actor I think um but they're going to be so many they're so varied like some people are going to be proper movers and some people are going to be like the theatrical Shakespeareans and a lot of makers and using all different kinds of disciplines and I think that's what felt like makes fourth monkey really exciting yeah I think the biggest gift I've taken from fourth monkey is knowing that I don't have to because I left fourth monkey in a pandemic well we all did without an agent and I was like at first I was like right I need to make I need to get an agent I need to like get a perfect headshots I need to like you know get a show roll done and I did all of that but um I kind of realized like actually I don't want to take it I'm not quite sure that I want to go down the traditional acting route like I think I'd rather do something with my voice I think I'd rather like get into like script writing um I think I'd like to like you know start my own clown company so like fourth monkey really kind of gave me permission to do that I don't feel like I'm failing my training you know by because right now I'm doing all of these like Q&A is about voice acting and I, I don't feel like I'm like betraying my training in any way I'm like actually it has just given me this freedom whereas somewhere else like one of the more traditional drama schools yes they're so like highly um respected and you know they make loads of money and I mean like their graduates go on to do incredible things but I feel like it's very much you know you go down this route of stardom whatever that means universally and if you're not going down that I think for me as quite an insecure person I would have felt really affected by that whereas now I feel Mm -hmm. like actually I can make my own journey I can I can mold it out like I'm not failing like and that's something I don't know if I would have got without monkey that's true and obviously we we didn't train at all the different drama schools we have absolutely no idea and that's not to say that like another drama school can't produce someone that does all these different things and lots of varied career paths but I think that uh, a main part of fourth monkeys training is about giving you that permission and that confidence to be extremely different kind of performers and makers and making your own theatre and and really just letting the theatre and creative industry thrive through us and that's yeah kind of really interesting something that our um our founder uh, Steve Green said to us um at our graduation I am going to name drop him because he's amazing and you should definitely check him out, um, was um, that the industry is evolving and we have to move with it. And I feel like that's something I've really carried through, like even throughout my darkest days recently, I've gone, do you know what, like theatre's not gone away, it's just changed. And actually I can choose to move with that and go with the tide or I can reject that and try and, you know, go, no, I'm going to wait for theatres to like open up. I'm going to wait to kind of start auditioning. I mean, like I can hold my own auditions for myself. I can start making my own work or I can sit by and observe, like neither one is wrong. Um, But yeah, just kind of accepting what the industry is at the moment. It's not gone away. In fact, it's probably more prevalent than ever, like Mm. louder than I've ever seen it. You know, so many people in our year. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so I was going to ask you, like, are there any people or practitioners or, you know, like that kind of stood out to you at the beginning of your journey that had like a very key, because obviously we went into like uh, Fourth Monkey very like, you know, very new, very fresh, untrained. Um, did anyone really like shape? Yeah, like your passions. Gosh, um, oh my goodness. There's so <laughs> many people that you could, you could say. And ah. Uh... 
Hmm. I mean, I think if we go back to the very beginning, like it would be Lawrence teaching us Stanislavski. Oh gosh, yeah. It, it would be, you know, Darren, like being our head of year and like inspiring us all those like many, many times. I know it'd be Harriet introducing us to like the wonders of voice. And I think my voice is probably betraying me right now. I feel like I sound very, like the vocal fry is, is there. Um, you are um, <laughs> I need to do some get some water but like it is it's so many it's so many people yeah and they, they all like it's the, we it's because we had so many di- Will Pynchon oh my gosh yeah definitely yeah so inspiring and I think it was the fact that we had so many different people that we got to interact with and um learn from they were all so inspiring because everyone was so different <laughs> like all of our practitioners there were so many practitioners like I couldn't even name everyone we had I should probably be able to do that it's <laughs> 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 a long time you know <laughs> there's quite a few but um no they really think, threw a yeah. lot of people at us to remember and, and they all shaped us in like a different way but I I would say that you know from the very beginning it was like those stand classes of Lawrence massively affected me um and and of course Darren's influence and Harriet's influence were also really yeah. really important yeah I'm gonna quickly like draw 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 you up on that because so um yeah so one of the classes that Lawrence um did with us was called object exercises which is a Stanislavski practice and for those of you who have absolutely no clue what we're talking about um essentially because this is really psychologically interesting an object exercise <laughs> is where you recreate a memory from your life um and so the way that he chose to approach it, it doesn't always have to be approached by like this but his particular approach to it was you recreate a memory um and then I think it was like you kind of do like a hypothetical reaction to it. So let's say my boyfriend cheated on me, you might recreate the memory and the feeling of that and everything around that, but you make a different choice in that scenario. So it can be as extreme as like, you're going to murder him. I'm not even joking. Quite a few people did that. Um, (laughs) Or it can be like, I'm going to like win him back. I'm going to seduce him Um, or like, yeah it could be he allowed it to be as wacky as we wanted and that was like really 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 freeing um yeah but you essentially bring your bedroom into the school so as much furniture like I don't know if anyone actually brought in that much furniture but as much furniture and like stuff as possible and key things within your room or it doesn't have to be your bedroom it can be like whatever room that memory take took place in but for many of us it was our bedrooms it's and the then easiest we, the easiest right like you just <laughs> yeah. create the space and just kind of sit in the like feeling and it was usually painful um typical drama school students and yeah it was just like one of the most raw exposing things we've ever done like many of us stripped naked many of us like you know like and that just became normal like I think everyone in our class like one person did and then we were all like right we're all doing it now um but yeah that was like you will not get that training anywhere else will you like that just doesn't happen like I mean not drama school (laughs) but I mean like at university like other drama schools probably do it like it's so it's such an actor's thing 
yeah absolutely that's such a drama school experience like I uh, yeah <laughs> especially the way that we did it especially the, the having that artistic license mm. was so freeing and that was the first time that I, I went into a room and I was like I'm gonna make something really fucking cool and like I was so excited to do it and you know having and I went through and I made all the the I, I decided to go really wacky with it and I was like I'd yeah, it's all very personal so we probably don't want to actually talk about exactly what we did yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very cool though what Nim did to be fair like it was yeah like it was so it was a kidnapping story it was a yeah, kidnapping was story weird. it was very weird uh <laughs> there was a wig involved there was uh, a fake baby involved uh <laughs> we rehearsed in front of each other we did, we went, we did, we went to Beckett's bunker and we <laughs> We rehearsed in front of each other. It was really intense. Mine was like, I think I set up like a sex trap. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did another one where I relived um, a memory with um, an experience where someone had betrayed me. And I remember just sitting and eating like a whole cake to myself. Mm. That was really, really weird like I remember there was a moment where sometimes you dipped out of it and I was like I'm hyper aware that people are just watching me like iron or like like it was really strange (laughs) (laughs) but like the thing is you've got to it's it's what was it uh you've got to be alone in front of people yeah alone in space it was so strange because everyone's watching you but like you're acting as if you're alone and you do feel as if you kind of forget that they're there. And then every now and again, if you feels like you were dropping out of it, you sort of get this like egging on, like, I oh, remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. From the sideline coach. He's the side coaches. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> He's side coach. Like I, re- I remember like pouring, I was like mixing perfume into milkshake to give to, to poison um said person that I will not mention bless them they don't deserve this um but in my story I was like poisoning someone and like he was stood on the side um our practitioner and he was like no Emily you have to get it really precise and I was like I felt like God was speaking to me and I was like oh my gosh like I was cradling like a teddy bear or a doll and he was like you'd be such a good mummy you're a better mummy you're mummy and I was like yes I'm the mummy <laughs> yeah but it, it was it was genuinely the first time that I was like I'm going to make something really fucking cool I'm gonna and I'm gonna be the actor that I want to be and the the maker that I want to be and afterwards he was like you're an artist Nim you're an artist and I was like I'm an artist it was one of those like affirming moments to yeah. hear that that was really cool I really want to just broke I love really it though cool. <laughs> really cool I want to talk quickly about you had another moment like that actually with um will that was beautiful I I feel like we have to speak about this because this was like a key moment in Nim's journey like that was just the most passionate actually no I'll let you tell it and then I'll comment it was what was it it was the it was Lecoq's 20 movements right yeah so we had to do a movement sequence um to help us like um, and we're both just doing it right now at each other in the camera yeah. <laughs> it was like rowing I was terrible I remember his response to me was this will take time and I was like and yeah. he was so lovely about it and then it I did so good. he was so he was so sweet like he was just so like 
there was a statement that he used to say in the class which was you're bigger than you think you are and I literally remember that to this day like it it's so but yeah no I'm interrupting the story yeah, so it's Lecoq's 20 movements and we had to learn them and, you know, go through them. And we'd learned them throughout like that whole half term or whatever it was. And at the end, we were all going to present them. And I had come up to him like loads of times saying how insecure I was and like, I don't think my body's doing this right, blah, 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 blah. And he was like trying to coach me through it. And then we got to my assessment. And he was like, I did a whole thing. And he was like, Nim, I am furious with you. And I was like, what? He was like, <laughs> and it was because I'd done it really well. You did not like, see a better, uh, what was it? It was, um, it was something points. Oh, fixed point. We will the... not see a better fixed point today. <laughs> I am fear, I am livid. I am livid with you. 99% are right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it was so good it was like it's like it was like you're you are living or with a cloud of self-doubt or a cloud of this and you need to break through it because like you you can't see how that you're good and you're, you're existing in a cloud of self-doubt it was something like that and I was like he's, he went on this long speech just yeah how livid he was with me for, <laughs> for saying I was rubbish but it was interesting though because we did come into training just not like I yeah. find it really difficult to settle into training um mm. and like yeah I remember I had that breaking like point with um where I did my clown piece and clown I didn't realize that I was a good clown and I just didn't envision that I would be a good clown and it turns out such a good clown a good clown you really are I think I'm just really idiotic like I don't think there's any <laughs> skill involved <laughs> but we did clown and clown is a like I don't even know what clown is so trying to explain it to a non-actor is like me trying to speak Italian but anyway like essentially it's just allowing yourself to be your true idiot self without performing and playing off the audience and making the audience comfortable enough to laugh no not laugh have fun something <laughs> not gonna lie and I was really bad at clown so <laughs> you like, you're great at clown you're really good at clown no you're 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 a clown like you could be a clown thank you thank you this to anyone else this would be like me being really rude <laughs> but I'm no, complimenting you compliment. right now you're a fantastic clown like, you're such a fucking clown like you're an amazing clown but it's so interesting because like I remember so for the first like month or so I really didn't settle into drama school like I I have this weird thing where I'm like really extroverted and really social but when you put me in an institution I just like I just crumble like I can't it takes me a while to really like allow myself to build relationships and like there are a few people like you and Yaza and like a few others that I did click with instantly, but I, I was very guarded and like, mm. I think I was dealing with a lot of mental health stuff and I just couldn't settle. And I kept trying to control like the rehearsal process. I kept trying to go into the room and being like, I'm going to control this. Every single time like I get called out on it because you can't fake anything. Um, but I remember I had my clown assessment coming up and at the same time I'd had like a lot of like, physical illnesses I was getting a lot of tests done like I was really unwell and like, I missed a lot of school and like I had really bad sleeping problems and it was probably a lot of it was linked to my mental health and I was like oh gosh I'm this person that's just never in like how can my ensemble members even respect me and like built up this whole thing in my head and I remember our head of year at the time uh Darren Strange who is an incredible actor by the way and director definitely check 
check this man out if you have a second um yeah he said to me like look just come in for your assessment just do it like you'll feel so much better like you can go straight home straight afterwards and I was like yeah like okay I'm gonna do this and I came in and I did this assessment and it went so well and then we had this one-to-one and he was like you're an amazing clown like you're a beautiful clown like you're you're so talented at this and I was like oh my gosh like I'm not talented at things that I thought I was I'm I'm good at something completely different and like yeah that was really empowering and that's when I think I decided to like well accept finding my voice and accept like okay this is what my journey is this is who I am like I'm not I'm not the person that's like you know great at controlling the room I'm I'm the chaotic person like that that's who I am like just roll with it and yeah that that was lovely but I feel like you had that too definitely yeah definitely I think that what's like the similar thing from all of our stories these are all different practitioners that we've had these like moments with like I spoke about Lawrence and with Will and Darren and I've definitely had these moments with Harriet and so many other practitioners and that's just exam- like an example of how supportive our training was in many ways like we were very supported and like encouraged to fail and work out you know how to how to build up again yeah. I think that's really really cool yeah like I think practitioners are like so how do I put this like they're they're like another level of educators really aren't they like it's such a personal relationship and like of course there's a hugely like professional element to it like they have to have a sense of boundary with you they have to respect you as professionals and you have to you know respect their knowledge and respect their years of history but you know they're working with your vulnerabilities you know you're not you're not doing a you're not typing up a graph like they're not teaching you how to write an essay they're teaching you how to delve into like and use your life experience um I think that is like the most raw form of training that you can do and a lot of the time I found that really challenging in fact I don't think I ever stopped finding it challenging like even by the end there'd be moments where I was like god I've regressed like I'm not I'm not a good actor anymore or I'm not a good ensemble member like I'm going back I'm hiding I'm not you know I'm not exploring um and they kind of just keep poking you yep if you know what I mean <laughs> they definitely do keep poking you like they don't let you off easy no equally they support you yeah yeah definitely definitely so like if you could like because obviously there were a lot of ups and downs at Monkey. Like, I feel like there were moments where, you know, everyone questioned whether like this was the right choice and whether like we were in the right place. Do you feel like you ever had any of that? Um, yeah, I definitely had some really low moments. I, I went through some like mental health struggles during Monkey, definitely. I think I had like a month off at the very end of the first, like a, a month it was like something from the just before Christmas to like after Christmas of the first year I was off so I wouldn't have known (laughs) we were both off oh my god (laughs) yeah I had a I was signed off and like had an extended period of like leave for mental health issues and yeah there were lots of times where I had these like really long chats and I was like like what am I doing here like what's going on but like that I was I was like coached through that and I was encouraged to like keep talking um and you know throughout that it was 
it was really weird like I I don't know the brain is a funny thing right (laughs) and I I don't know it was my first time like living away from my parents it was the first time you know living alone living away from my parents it was my first time like trying to exist as a person in the world and taking responsibility for my training as well and that coupled with anxiety and depression and whatever else was going on at the time um it was really tough it was really tough yeah um but a lot I I but um with fourth monkey I had like so much support um when I was coming back which was really cool um but I definitely had moments where I doubted whether I should be there because I was like if I can't cope with this if I can't cope with whatever's going on outside of the room um then how am I ever going to be an actor like but like that's that's not it because everyone has like that in their life of course and it's 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 recognizing that and knowing that you can come back what do you think it was like if you could obviously there would have been many moments and like you said there was a lot of support but I think ultimately it does have to come from the person what was it like if there was a if you could pinpoint a certain moment where you went no do you know what I'm just gonna like give my all to this because by the end like I mean we'll get onto this but Nim fucking hell like you're you thrived like you were so many massive accomplishments which I'll speak about like towards the end but what like really encouraged you to go I'm just gonna like throw myself into this I'm just gonna be was it a conscious thing like what did that journey look like for you I'm not sure it was a conscious thing (laughs) I don't remember the I don't remember the switch but there definitely was one I have literally no idea what the switch was maybe no I don't I don't know what it was and I (laughs) but there was definitely a moment where I was like I'm going to um but it was like this is what I want to do this is what I enjoy doing so you know why would I deprive myself of that when I'm already feeling like shit if I'm feeling like shit and I also deprive myself of the thing that I love to do like that's you know where, where do I go from there but yeah. that was a hard decision to make it was hard to do I definitely had a similar moment to that I think at one point where I remember going like this is the thing I enjoy like this is my escapism like why am I escaping my escapism like to <laughs> be like it doesn't make sense and you know, you kind of, I feel like drum school, because we all were there and we all take it so seriously and we all want to do well, we all want to be the best that we can be for ourselves. Like, I feel like there's this thing of treating it like it's like, you know, like like rocket <laughs> science. Like we kind of like, we need to be perfect. <laughs> like we, we, you know, it becomes really serious. And fun fact, our year group did actually get nicknamed the serious year group. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because we're not actually very serious individually at all like we're all really wacky and weird I think we just we were on this new program that our um yeah the co-founder had like made for us and it was insane it was amazing um but we just really wanted to do her proud and I Mm. think it really got the better of us like collectively at one point and definitely me and yeah I I kind of had to just have a conversation with myself and be like you're here to have fun like you've spent your money like you've done the hard bit like you've done that now like you're here to have fun and like you can't predict whether you're going to get an agent or you're going to make it or you're going to you know you you don't know what kind of an artist you're going to look like but 
enjoy what is being given to you because it's bloody hard to get into drama school at the end of the day <laughs> like yeah it is and I, we were there so you might as well enjoy it like exactly but it is hard to get to that place because you've got to be you've got to be healthy enough to make that decision and um you know for me that was getting into therapy and oh, that yeah. was how that helped me to be like and also having a great support system like family gp friends having that good support system and i was like you know what yeah i can make this decision to to throw myself into it and enjoy it now um but obviously when if you if you aren't able to make that decision to enjoy yourself then it is it's really tough because it's a hard decision to make yeah you know they make it sound so easy but you do have to be in the right place to do that and like getting that support system and like taking care of your like basic needs come first above everything else so on that note what would you say pushed you to make the decision to train at fourth monkey oh my gosh yes okay um (laughs) it's so weird because i've known about fourth monkey for years i mean it's existed in the way it is now for like 10 years um just over 10 years now um but before that it, it was sort of existed in a different way and i've known about it for a long time and i was like I was, I was always in the back of my mind, always just hidden back here, fourth monkey, fourth monkey. But I never <laughs> actually, I always looked on the website, I was like, yeah, I'd quite like to do that. Never applied. Oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. Never applied. <laughs> the first time, the only time I applied for other drama schools was when I was just out of like college and like, you know, the time you apply for uni. Ended yeah. up going to uni instead, didn't want to, um, but I did, got a degree, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> You're more of a professional person than me, then. Shut up. Degrees don't mean anything, do they? I mean, they do, but like... Not if you don't want them. I let, I did my degree. I was like, bye. <laughs> I mean, one day, I think it'd be really cool to have a PhD, just so I could say I have it. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> it's not just for the bragging rights, really. Um, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, after I graduated, I worked for a couple of years at a bookshop. Uh, and then for another year, I was an actor in Bournemouth doing panto um, and student films and independent films in Bournemouth, stuff like that. And then I was like, I want to go to drama school. And then I was like, the only drama school I want to go to is that little thing in the back of my head, fourth monkey, fourth monkey. So I was like, right, I'm applying for fourth monkey. And I got in. As soon as I walked in for the audition, I was like, this is the right place. This is the place for me. And I, when it's right it's right man I don't know what to say uh, but I wasn't just out of college I had been yeah I, I'd done a degree I'd, I'd lived a little bit of life you've tried and, other stuff yeah and it, it, it was time for me to go to drama school and some people at that time is right out of college or right out of A-levels but for other people that's a little bit long, further down the line and that's equally fine <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the beauty of drama school. You can literally be any age and it, it, it be the right time. Like, and I do believe that's the case with uni. Like, please don't get me wrong. I, I, I think this idea that oh, going to uni at 18 is a little bit pressured. Like, you, you, you know, my mum didn't go to university until she was in her 30s. And I think that's totally valid. Um, but yeah, like, I remember I really desperately wanted to go to drama school at um, 18, like desperately. <laughs> Um, definitely wasn't good enough. Um, um, <laughs> I applied to Lambda, I know, like really bold. Um, and I didn't like, I, I like honestly would be surprised if they even remember me auditioning. That's how like, um, 
yeah like I just wasn't I didn't really Lambda's a great school but it just wasn't for me like I walked in I was like I say my piece I go like it just wasn't like a thing and then I did go to the University of Goldsmiths um because like, I think my family just really wanted me to be academic and I was just fighting it like no 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 I will not I can't like um and yeah so I studied politics which I was to be honest like pretty pretty good at um but wasn't like I couldn't justify spending this much money on something that you know wasn't what my heart wanted and then I left I did a gap year I trained at Italia Conti and did a foundation in acting at Italia Conti, which was a great experience. I made loads of friends. I got very drunk um, and then did like a few charity, like theater events, some short films, a lot of modeling. And then I remember working um, at a restaurant called Monkey Nuts in Crouch End, um, which is- I've been there. <laughs> great, like amazing. Like the food is insane. They do the best nacho tray like ever. Like it's just brilliant. <laughs> Um, and the manager there was like an absolute gem, like he's so lovely. So definitely go and check They out. were really good with allergies. I took my dad there. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I loved it. Really I was like, waitressing there for a few years. I, not a few years, for about a year. Um, I was a really bad waitress, but they were really nice <laughs> to me. Like, I really, really like it there. <laughs> I was a really appalling waitress, like a terrible. I'm definitely, I think I was definitely better on bar, but like, yeah. Um, really lovely team but there was a guy there who had trained at monkey and I remember saying like oh my gosh like where do you go I was like you go to the cool drama school like that's the cool one it's the one where like everyone does all the like weird like kind of training things and I looked it up and I was like oh that's way too cool for me like I can't apply there yeah I was like that's a cool drama school like that's way out of my league there's no way I'm gonna be able to you know go there and then I, I kept applying for a few other schools and it was a choice between Fourth Monkey and the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland, um, which is also like an insane school. And somehow I got to the last round, like, honestly, I know I was so gassed, um, really good school. That's really cool. And I remember being like, I'd be happy with either of these, but nowhere else, like, and then Fourth Monkey, like I got a place and I, yeah, it was just incredible. Like it was so, such a dynamic school like it just looked so like wacky and dang very dangerous theater like I'd say like they yeah. really make a lot of bold choices they'll do theater like you know like in the weirdest settings ever like yeah like look up a how they've done a clockwork orange it's it's amazing like yeah and it was a really um bold choice nice <laughs> We were being bold and play. Yeah, that, so that was our mantra. Be bold, be bold and, play. and play. Speaking of being bold and playing. Um, yes. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the funnest podcast episode I've done. Um, I'm not going to want to edit any of this. But. Um, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I will, but only for production's sake. Um Nim actually came up with one of the coolest productions I've ever seen. Um, so she won. Can I? I feel like you're really cringing every time I like massively <laughs> hype you up. I mean, I, I, yeah, of course I am. But like, go on. <laughs> I own it. 
Um, so NIM actually won the um, Director's Bursary Award, um, which is a scheme that our school does where they um, do an experimental fringe project where everyone puts on, well, you pitch an idea to a panel and if your idea gets chosen, you get to have a company which you can choose yourself and then you create like a very small snippet of an idea for a theatre production, which audiences come in and give feedback on. And then the one with the best feedback gets the bursary, but also the, um, what what are they called? The, the head of the years, the, 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 the people um, <laughs> also get to make, um, and like the directors also make a decision about whose um, piece gets chosen. So NIMS was one of the pieces that got chosen. Um, the other piece is M. Largeray's The Fall, um, which was founded by uh, her and her theatre, Ruffle Theatre, who will be joining us in another episode. Um, but yeah, I just want to quickly speak about your idea, where that came from, and your journey with that. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I came up with the idea for the Wish Cadets like before I got into drama school. Um, and it was just one thing that was, it was in my head as a, a YouTube channel. And, but that was only, <laughs> that was only because that's what I was consuming at the time. I was doing uh, Panto and I was working with kids a lot. So, you know, that was kind of in my head. And the Wish Cadets are... <laughs> I'm so crunchy doing this. It's fine, we can edit, I, all of my episodes are like this behind the scenes. <gasps> It's, it's just trying to explain what the wish cadets are. Um, <laughs> do you know Santa's elves? Do you know yeah. the tooth fairy? Yeah. Well, what do you think happens when you wish upon a star? Who do you think collects all the wishes? It's the wish cadets. There we go. So the wish cadets, yeah, the wish cadets is about the wish cadets who uh, collect the wishes from the stars that children wish on and they try to help make them come true. And some wishes are easier to grant than others. It's easier to paint a rainbow in the sky than it is to, to um, racial self-confidence. <laughs> 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 it's really awkward. Um, oh, it's great. Yeah, the one that we focused on was I wish I were normal. And I love that though. I think that's really that, relevant. It was, it was, it was a real, it was real struggle for Astro Sparkles, one of the wish cadets, to to work out what is normal so that she could grant the wish. So she went round to all her friends, and uh, she. <laughs> no, tell me. Come on. No, tell me the story. We've got, we've got, we've got people <laughs> that want to hear this. She went under all of her friends and she was asking them, what is normal? And they all had a different answer. Oh my goodness. So in the end, they went to trusty Professor Moondust. He reminded them that there's no such thing as normal. <laughs> but I love that. It's such a beautiful premise. Like so it's much so fun. simple. I was in tears, like full disclosure. When I watched it, I cried. I'm much better at pitching it um, than I am about chatting about it in an informal manner. Um, <laughs> uh, but, it, but it was so much fun. And, and, and you know, in the future, I'd because it, it went from being like an idea for something to do with YouTube to an idea for a theatre piece. And then we really want to like make it a sensory theatre piece so that literally anyone can enjoy it 
in so many different ways, like using soundscapes, using like touch so that everyone can be really involved with it. I think that's a really important thing for theatre. And I think that I think the theatre should be super accessible. So the idea is to get some get it into like schools, community centres and to be able to just travel around, put everything in the back of the van and just like travel around with the theatre, because that's that's the kind of panto I was doing. I wasn't doing like in a big theatre where it costs loads of money to go see. It was school panto where everything gets fits in the back back of the van, come out and you, know, you have a great time and all the kids are involved and they get to play a part in it. and it's really really cool and that's that inspired me to want to make that kind of theatre so shout out to Treehouse Theatre in Bournemouth <laughs> also I feel like it was so inclusive like it was really accessible for I know a lot of it catered towards children with disabilities and vulnerable children mm. um and I do think there's not enough theatre for those you know those children like they there's not enough for them to engage with and it's a um it's so important and it's like it's such a beautifully simple concept like and yeah, it was incredible to watch, like honestly amazing, because I feel like as an adult as well, like we still have that question of what is normal and what does normal mean? Mm. And I feel like Fourth Monkey really helps challenge that. And that piece of theatre like was a beautiful representation of the type of work that Monkey generates. So yeah, that was amazing. That it was, was really fun. I, I the one thing that I want to do differently um, from what we did, because we didn't have like loads of time, you know, 20 minutes, we had a very like set idea of how we had to do it because obviously it was a space where everyone had to be able to perform in. Um, I'd like to be able to engage, engage with the audience more so that they can be a part of it and like touch the props, things like that. Um, that's what I would have done differently. <laughs> was it your first but, directing experience? Yeah, it was my first directing experience. Never done that before. Very strange experience. Yeah, never been it. Never been the leader. <laughs> What's that like? Is that is that like? Hmm. Did it come easily to you? Like it seemed like it did, but obviously I wasn't doing it. It, it took me a couple of weeks to find my feet. Definitely. Um, so the first, I once I realised that <laughs> literally everyone was so confident in the idea. I was really really touched by how like much faith everyone had in the idea and they were like we just want we want to we want to do this because we love the idea we're really enthusiastic about it and once I realized that everyone was there for the same reason that I was it was super easy like I was I was really nervous to like say this is what I want but at the end of the day that would I was the director and that's what you're meant to do <laughs> But I was like, oh, what, what do you think? What do you think? And like, I was trying to like workshop it. And I was like, no, come on, come on. <laughs> you know what you want. Cause I knew what I want in the back of my head. I just had to, to, to do it. Um, but the experimentation at the beginning was really, really useful to like understand what we might want to do sensory wise with it. And that was really cool. And for everyone to get into their character, but I definitely spent way, I spent loads of time doing that when I was like really nervous to actually start making the piece. Um, <laughs> I spent like way too much time on it because I was like too nervous to actually go. And this is what we do. Um, uh, so yeah, it was really, really difficult to start with. But once I got into the swing of it, it was, it became, it became easier. And I think that um, obviously I was supported with my assistant director with Libby and everyone who was in it in the cast was super enthusiastic about the idea and everyone really loved it it was really really cool <laughs> no it was really what wonderful to watch it and yeah like a lot of people really enjoyed it and obviously it 
you know, won a bursary, won one of the fourth monkey bursaries. So everyone was like really impressed. And I think it was really well deserved. And yeah, I, I'm interested to see like what kind of shape it's going to take, like when it happens and when it's able to happen. Um, Me too. Because obviously right now we're in a pandemic. Um, so interestingly, uh, Nim and I actually did do a very wacky piece of theatre, um, which was an ad a pandemic version of um, an adaptive theatre piece of A Matter of Life and Death, um, which was directed by Alexandra Spencer-Jones, but she likes to be known as ASJ and definitely check out her work because she's also directed a version of A Clockwork Orange, which is incredible. Um, yeah, action and to the word, action to the words, the company. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, wicked. Mm. She's amazing, like honestly, in, incredible woman. Um, so we did this um, very weird, wacky piece of a matter of life and death, which was meant to be um, on our fourth monkey stage, but we kind of transported the stage onto Zoom. Um, and I've definitely never ever had an experience like that in my life. Like that was, that was unique. It really, really was because we were all we were all, we were all isolating at the time at different places in the country, different countries as well, like around the world. Um, so we're all doing our scenes and like bits and pieces and filmed bits, like and song as well and dance, like from our bedrooms sometimes, and like finding locations around where we were living to film, and putting it and ASJ was putting it all together into this massive, beautiful sort of filmed piece of theater it was, it was mind-blowing and I, I think it was really wacky and experimental I think I really loved it it was totally but my street might not be everyone's cup of tea was mine definitely my cup of tea do you know what it actually gave me a lot of confidence because I remember like just prior to that we'd started the Richard III rehearsals um and um that got shut down and I was really sad about that um and I think we were going in we were going into tech run when it like when the pandemic hit and when lockdown happened and I was like okay right this is now not happening I thought I had two days until I was literally on stage I now have yeah a tell me about it it was really weird and Nim was playing Richard III so you'd literally just learn an entire uncut script along with <laughs> along with a cut script where they'd shifted lines around and I don't even know how your brain was like dealing with it um but we got to contemporary Great difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> we got to contemporary season and um yeah, so we were ASJ basically said, We're like, look, we're gonna I'm gonna do a production with you all and we're gonna do a matter of life and death. And instead of doing two contemporary productions, we're gonna just do one and it's gonna be the whole ensemble. And that was quite exciting because a lot of us hadn't like worked together in productions yet. Um and we got to pick our own main character mm. and we kind of just spread these main these four main characters like out amongst the cast and just came up with all of our like own psychological adaptions of these characters. And it was really, really cool. Yeah, it was fantastic. Was, I, I was doing the conductor and we all got to choose like a different person from history to represent that character. And I, I was in my element. I got to do like Bramwell Bronte. It was fantastic. Put on a really questionable Northern accent. Uh, did a scene in the actual sea. It was fantastic. And it, it was very liberating. It's very liberating. 
<laughs> it was so liberating though. Yeah. Everyone was, I felt so lonely. Yeah. So definitely. And I feel like it really helped me to, um, like, I was kind of forced to be alone with my thoughts and lockdown and mm. I had to like reflect on what my training journey had been and where I was as an actor and where I wanted to go because I wasn't in a rehearsal room and I didn't have that anxiety I was like okay I'm I'm making my own rehearsal room and I felt actually quite empowered by the type of like work I was making you know a lot of it was silent um she gave us so much freedom you know she'd say okay this is the type of scene I want you to create and you can just do it in whatever way you want she really trusted us and I feel like she really treated us like professionals. I mean, all of the practitioners did, but this really stood out to me. Um, mm. And yeah, that was that was something I think no one's ever done in that way yeah. before. That was really cool. I mean, I I I I I'd love to watch that again. I don't know. How, I want to access that recording because it was really really cool. Yeah. Because um, she literally taped together like all these different takes. And she had like the same scene done from like so many different people and yet choosing the right one to go with it and like making sure everyone had like uh, a, a, a fair enough balance, which is very difficult to do in a cast of 30 odd people. Um, it, it was just really, really cool. And, you know, at the same time as empowering us, she was also teaching us a lot because, you know, right, she was taking the opportunity to teach us as well. It was really cool. Yeah. But really, really respected. And she always had time for us really wonderful woman I feel like that saved a lot of saved us in a in a lot of ways at the time yeah I agree I agree I, it gave me it gave me something to do <laughs> it gave me something really freeing to do really wonderful like something I wanted to do because like there was no moment where I was like oh god I don't want to have to play Branwell Bronte who, who I put in a sparkly jacket of all things like I always wanted to do that and my other part was was Bellamy who got to who walked around wearing I, I had one of my dad's shirts and sock ears because oh, I love Bellamy I love Bellamy too he Bellamy. Was really, yeah. he's a lovely man <laughs> So I did a little sequence for Bellamy's Heaven after he dies. And um, I, I got to wear my granddad's medals for that. It was very cool. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful at the end. Like it was, a lot of people did animation. Um, a girl in our year, Frankie, is a very talented animator. Love and she Frankie. did some like really beautiful, oh God, yeah, I love a bit of Frankie. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Um, love a bit of Frankie. Love a bit of Frankie. But yeah, no, she... Um, she created the animation for the beginning. I think uh, Louis Cruzat also does the voiceover. We have so many talented people in my year group. Um, but yeah, the, it was like a mishmash of everyone's skills. And I, I did this scene with Lisa, um, Lisa Gilroy. Oh yeah, that was a good scene. was like, honestly, some of my favorite work that I've ever created. Like it was just incredibly still. Um, mm. And yeah, like we, so I have, <laughs> I have green windows. I have, my living room is just basically like bright green. Um, and she has kind of like pale, I think it was like a pale green window area. Mm. And we kind of, we created this montage um, of imagery between the cuts of our, our scene that we put together and we edited together because we had to learn how to edit video and film and everything. Like it was, it was a really um, all encompassing experience. Um, and it was kind of like just flashes of green and pale green. And it was like really sensory and emotional. It was just, yeah, I've never done anything like that. And it was, it really summed up creativity and lockdown for me. Like yeah. 
I look back on it very fondly and I think it gave me a real sense of purpose yeah me too and it made me feel like I was still there still training and (laughs) (laughs) I just love getting the messages popped up but for some people being like oh could you just film this for my bit is that all right yeah yeah no worries yeah and it was just the the collaborative process I know Uh, getting like random like messages like oh can you just get your Bellamy costume on and do this for me really really quickly yeah 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 show you just (laughs) I'll get the ears on I'll get my mum to film (laughs) oh I loved it it was fantastic like when someone actually asked me to edit something I'd be like oh my gosh you actually trust me to edit something like that that's that's a really stupid mistake (laughs) I was like please can I try editing this for one and I was like I did it I was like oh I don't think I'm gifted at this (laughs) But I needed to try. Just to... You need to try, like exactly. Have a go at everything, mate. It's yeah, I made a, I made a little uh, show reel out of my um, stuff from a matter of life and death, and I think it's really funny. So I'm really proud. I of that. bet it's amazing. I've seen. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, some people in our year. I've done so much name dropping this episode, um, but some people in our year have done like some seriously like high end work for that show. Like Anna and Immy, like like you just look at it and you think it's like a 1940s film like yeah and then Meg like she's literally like no she's definitely on a plane like 100% yeah like it's just so and they've like used like people were using like their what was it they used like I think it was like people use like bits of wood like their basement like weird like noises in the background like yeah like out of like recycling material like it was just incredible I think Marco had natural fire did he (laughs) Oh like my for- gosh! <laughs> oh, and Matisse. Oh, Matisse was the judge. Oh, oh yeah, that was really incredible. Cool. Like they really changed that. costume and makeup like every single sentence. That was that was incredible. And like, and Marco's bit in the bath. Not in the- <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, he went for Charlie that. Chaplin. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so good. So good. We we were so blessed with that ensemble. So genuinely wonderful. Um, I could I could go on forever. Libby's Icarus, amazing. Yeah, that scene oh, with her and Alex, the way that the, the backwards. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. That is so good. Yeah, and Lucy and Charlie as well. We, I, I mean, can we? Everyone was fantastic. You there you go. Grace, genuinely, I. Yeah, if I go through, <laughs> I could go through everyone. <laughs> I am gonna force them all to listen to this episode, so you know oh christ (laughs) (laughs) yeah everyone was really really good i'm really proud of our year but yeah i feel like it's really good to reflect on you know the experience that we had at monkey and i guess that experience in lockdown training because not a lot of drama school students have had that and some of you listening you know a lot of you have messaged me saying that you know you're young actors and you're looking to go into acting like this might be what you're going into you know it might it be could this. be this yeah it could be this and um, I mean okay. yeah it totally is and as long as it's something that's freeing your creativity and like building those skills up to like be able to survive in the working acting world I mean that's wonderful whether it be in the room or in your room on Zoom you know I think a lot of drama schools are now doing it very well yeah I completely monkey was fantastic they really held us throughout um lockdown um so we didn't have and, and we even got to stay for extra time to finish 
our production at the end, which was which was fantastic. Really generous of them. Yeah, really good. Yeah, no, definitely. Would you say that monkeys changed the way that you see yourself and your journey now? Like you approach your acting or just your journey in general with professionalism and your personal life? Yeah, I think so. I think that it, it's, it's, you know, made me a lot more open in many different ways. And it's exposed me to so many different ideas of how to be an actor and how to be a creative. And, you know, I'm personally not doing so well in lockdown, but that's my personal thing. Uh, but when that's over and when I'm like, able to get out more and have sorted myself out I know that because I've got that training behind me that I there's so much open to me that I can actually do so much um and I know that a lot of our uh, um ensemble members are utilizing their skills within lockdown right now making wonderful work and I think that's really exciting to see um and like in my personal life yeah definitely I mean it's I think that when you come out of being in such a close-knit group of all these different people um, our ensemble like we really held each other like that's such an interesting bond and I I feel very close to everyone still yeah so do I I think if anything I feel closer to a lot of people now that I've left yeah um, there's a lot of people that I speak to even more who I realize that it feels like I just didn't get the time to get to know whilst I was there and you know, I spoke at the beginning about how I struggled to, um, yeah, form relationships at the beginning because I was so closed off. That definitely changed. Like by the end, I felt so connected to so many people. And yeah, it was it was really amazing being in an environment that pushed um, for everyone to just kind of be forced to accept each other and to give yeah. each other a chance. Like, you know. <laughs> um, there's something too, like, uh, there's something to be said for like the, the listening like from Meisner and everything like I feel like a lot of us became much deeper listeners and like more in tune and that that translates in the real world massively like I feel like a lot more in tune with the real world and like a lot more grounded and able to to talk to anyone I, I once you've formed that bond with an ensemble like that I feel like you are equipped to be able to take those skills and do that elsewhere yeah definitely like whenever you enter a space to yeah. non-actors who might be listening ensemble essentially just means collective rather than like individual so an ensemble is the idea that you're working within a company and it's collaborative rather than you're training for yourself um and I feel like that stems that idea can stem beyond acting I think that can apply mm. to many things but yeah that's kind of the environment that we were training in. Um, that was the ethos, and that still is the ethos behind Fourth Monkey um, as a company. They want to kind of um, encourage this idea of ensemble and working through ensemble rather than just working by yourself. And, you know, you're there to support other people, you're working together. Um, you're not trying to shine as the brightest star, you're trying to make everyone else shine. And you mm -hmm. know that they're doing that for you, so you're gonna shine anyway. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So if you could, um, to finish up, if you could sum up Fourth Monkey using, so for context first, I'll say this. So at the end of our rehearsals, um, mm -hmm. we were often encouraged to sum up how we felt about a lesson um, or a rehearsal session using one word, and it doesn't have to make sense, um, or it can be a sound. 
Um, but yeah, I feel like just part of tradition, maybe we should do this to end our conversation because I'm really soppy. How would you sum up your experience at Fourth Monkey? Fiery. 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 I don't know why. Made sense to me. I love that. I think I'm going to say, did you say sexual? No. What did you say? Don't worry, I will cut that out, but I just had to check. I didn't know what I was going to say. I think it was like, sexual, like, heart ablaze. (laughs) Sexual creativity ablaze. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't do. Um, I'm going to say... Twinkle. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. We did actually get reading <laughs> lessons. Yes, I failed. <laughs> no, oh. we had very good singing lessons and we're all very good singers. We I'm are. choosing not to utilize my skills right now. Sorry. <laughs> it's better to sing than not sing, always. Exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Mim, for joining me today and for, um, yeah, shedding some light on your experience in finding your voice at Fourth Monkey. And yeah, to any young actors who are listening, this has been quite a highly requested episode. Um, I hope you've taken something from this. But yeah, if you are um, training at drama school throughout lockdown at the moment, um, it's not all doom and gloom. You can find ways to flourish in your creativity and you know we've been through it um you know and I think it's a really brave decision to make um to go on and train at drama school you know and I think wherever you are whatever you're doing um just keep at it if you enjoy it you know don't give up and there's always a way around you know physical obstacles you can always create work for yourself and if you're an artist who's graduated or who hasn't trained um keep making work because it's so important and it's so important that we you know use art at the moment as a form of communication and self-expression I think the world really needs it totally the world needs it the industry needs all of you and you are getting the skills and you probably already have a lot of the skills you are unearthing skills within you to like continue this journey and it's wonderful and I can't wait to see everyone's work I'm buzzing (laughs) me too so on that note thank you Nim thank you bye